Well, and you know, there are t-shirts that you could wear in your casual, like, go to the wedding with a Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt. Here we go! Press them on your children. Press them on your children. Press them on your children, yeah. Talk about them when you Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz and Pastor Tony Trussoni. Hey Ben, how you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I've been rusted up, I guess, a little bit from Christmas. Um, thankfully, it wasn't too crazy around here. How about you? Well, it was good. Doing well, so we had a quiet Christmas, which was nice. So, but uh, do you do anything special for Christmas? Uh nothing extraordinary. The first part of the day was at home, and that was nice. And then we went over to one of my sets of parents' house uh, with some extended family, had dinner, gifts, and that kind of thing. But nothing too crazy. I, I talked to someone else at our church that said he was worn out from visiting all the different family members around the area. So um, I could see how that would get tiring, especially with young kids. Yeah. But, uh, do you guys have a white Christmas in your your new we, home? We did, yeah. It was lovely. It was snowing on Christmas, and there was snow on the ground already. So awesome! But, yeah, it yeah. Was, I almost wore shorts. Um, so <laughs> I might have died if I did that. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you get any good gifts for Christmas this year? I did. Yeah, um, my wife and I actually needed a new mattress. Uh, I'd been been a while and so we we got each other uh, a better mattress and uh, a new bed frame because it was required because we moved up a size on the bed too so that I've been enjoying that one for about a month now so yeah absolutely so you know it's interesting uh, with gifts around this time of year because you always see you know people posting videos of kids reacting to amazing gifts and uh, I, I, there's a tendency even among some young kids when they get really amazing gifts they don't really say oh my Zeus or you know oh my Thor or oh my Odin uh, they have a tendency of saying oh my something else uh, you might have to fill in the blank for me uh, Ben have you heard that kind of reaction to a gift before I have, yeah, even from young children. For the record, listeners, I just thought of that as a uh, segue on the spot right now, just so you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're going to be talking about that, talking about using God's name, uh, not Thor or Odin's name or any other pretend God's name, but the real God's name in vain today. Uh, and our podcast calls When God's Name is a Naughty Word. So I want to ask you, Ben, what was the last time that you heard God mentioned on TV or in a movie? And when he did, was it worshipful? I'll have to say I honestly can't remember. I think which just shows that I'm desensitized um, to some extent. You know, the I have some vague memory of Jesus being mentioned. Um, but no, it certainly was not talking about Jesus as the Redeemer. Uh, it was more used as a figure of speech or, you know, an expletive almost. Yeah. So uh, for me, the last time I heard it, as of writing this, I think it's probably not true when I'm uh, recording it now, but when I was writing it down, my points, I had just the night before watched an episode of a show set in Maine. Have you ever heard of Maine Cabin Masters? No. 
So it's a it's like a HGTV like show, and there are these um, these contractors in Maine that go, and they uh, in Maine for some reason I still haven't figured it out yet, but they call cabins camps, and maybe some of my listeners in Maine will help me understand that better. <laughs> but in the, this group, so they go and they kind of remodel uh, these kind of dilapidated cabins, and my wife really likes it, and so I'll watch it with her sometimes, and they definitely talk about God a lot in this show, uh, or they use the word God a lot, uh, and I would say that uh, when they mention God, it's not close to uh, worshipful. In fact, uh, you know, it is definitely used it as kind of a byword in that kind of way, in a way that really is surprising historically that it would be so open. I mean, it's, it's a family show, so... Mm. But now, is it okay to use God's name to express excitement or shock like they do in Maiden Cabin Masters? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think that there's more to taking God's name in vain than simply that expression. We'll get into that. Um, But it's the name of a person and not just any person. Uh, And so it's not an expression or a figure of speech like you'd say, oh, wow, or Oh man, or you know, whatever else you. I mean, some people, some people go further than using God's name. I, well, I say go further. Uh, I mean, they would use letter words that you can't have, like on primetime television, four-letter words. Uh, in a sense, you could say that that just abusing God's name and, and treating it so lightly when it is such a heavy thing is is worse. Even though if someone were to use the F word, people were like you know at least yeah, churchy kind of people you know would make them blush and their eyes would get big absolutely so you know i do want to ask you actually ben uh so how would you you know we get lots of ice here in maine the ice really bothers me more than the snow i'll say and how would you (laughs) feel if uh you know if you weren't even there if you found out every time i slipped on ice i said oh my ben palaz um i feel like what's your problem man (laughs) (laughs) what did i do yeah, I, I think all of us would uh, be bothered if our names were used in the way that we tend to use the, you know, the Lord's name in vain in this kind of way. Um, I, I think that answers a lot of this, and it has really a long been understood as a sin among all Abrahamic religions, which is really fascinating that, you know, you don't uh, just have the perspective that using God's name is vain among Christians. This isn't just kind of some fundamentalist thing. This is, I mean, Jewish people today are very careful with it. M- uh, Muslims are very careful with it. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I uh, one uh, it was this weekend camp that I did one time. Uh, I just this last minute they needed someone to do games for them at this Jewish camp center, and so I went. And they paid me pretty generously. They fed me, and I just kind of hung out with the kids. And they're like, "Yeah, just do whatever they want." And uh, I was talking to one of the kids, and these were not like conservative Jews; they were Reform Jews. And um, the kid said, "Yeah, yeah, we we call him Hashem, which means the name." You know that there was still that. I mean, that's just like, like a cultural hangover. Yeah. But that level of respect for God. That's interesting. Uh, you know, and I mean, like that's why we have L O R D in all caps in the Old Testament because they, in Jewish tradition, they would not even, you know, write it out, uh, or you know, they wouldn't pronounce the name of the Lord um, Yahweh, and so uh, for fear of misusing it. Yeah, I and. I would agree with you that it's often used, I mean, it's a kind of a filler swear word in the same way mm-hmm. that we might, you know, uh, that like I had a flipping good time rather than another word, good time. 
We, um, I mean, even I've heard people, you know, say holy Jesus, not as a worship thing, but really like as a filler for saying holy, a, a word that uh, starts with the letter S, <laughs> you know, kind of replacement. But it's really arguably that you're replacing something bad for something worse when you do that. Mm-hmm. So from a biblical perspective. So why do you yeah. think? Why do you think then that using the Lord's name in vain has become so ordinary and acceptable among people? I think we don't fear the Lord enough. I mean, even in the church, but just in the wider culture for sure. And just, some of it, I think the casualness of our culture, you know, it's um, out in, I mean, this is just one example, but out in like Silicon Valley and stuff, I've read that it's not common to see people even like high up executives wearing suits and ties they're wearing you know t-shirt and jeans and stuff like this even these people are you know making a gazillion dollars and have very very powerful jobs whereas like you know wall street place like that it's still pretty buttoned up but in a lot of ways our culture has become much more casual um and i you know listen i live in the south there's a kind of an expectation of, of, you know, the Southern manners and things like that. Um, but some, you know, so hearing kids refer to adults by their first name, that's a thing that's maybe becoming a little more common in the South. And I'm sure I, I know, cause I've heard it in other places in the country. And again, that's not like a moral issue necessarily. I mean, I think it's good to teach your kids to respect adults. Um, but I mean, say what people wear, my wife and I've joked about this, um, when you get wedding invitations and it'll say something like this is a formal wedding. When we hear it, I mean, we're not even that old. We're like in our mid thirties, but uh-huh. you hear, uh, formal and i'm thinking like this is like a black tie event and uh you show up and it, it, basically it means like don't wear jeans and a you know a hat uh, <laughs> and so people's understanding of what is uh in that case not holy but special and sort of sacred and that kind of thing it has dipped significantly and so when you enter in the, into the realm of what really is holy and what we ought to treat with awe it's yeah. like eh, everything's just kind of yeah you know we're just kind of hanging out chill you know good vibes whatever that's good so that's a good point so yeah i that i'm gonna make my response kind of uh, tweetable you know i think jesus has become more homeboy than holy which is basically mm. saying what you said with more uh, that more insightfully you said that more insightfully than i did but anyway <laughs> but yours is memorable and you know there are t-shirts that you could wear in your casual like go to the wedding with a jesus is my homeboy t-shirt true so. good so yeah but i think further um, that uh, I think you see this even in media. I mean, we've mentioned media before, and we'll mention media again further in the podcast. Uh, another time, I'm sure, another podcast from now. Uh, but you look at, I mean, if you watch kids' movies, I mean, Zootopia and Trolls and a bunch of other kids' movies, Disney, Pixar movies, will use, I mean, the expression, oh, my God, to not say, oh, my God, you know, not adoration of God. I mean, just casually, like it's nothing. I mean, G-rated films will do this at times. Uh, or, you know, again, my wife likes uh, Mink Cabin Masters, but even more so the far more popular House Hunters. I mean, everybody watches House Hunters. I mean, every, I feel like it's kind of default. If you go to like a beach vac, if you go to like a beach house, it's default that it's the first thing that comes on the TV is House Hunters. Right? <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, you know they're going to routinely use the Lord's name in vain on that, and it's it's just not a big deal. I mean, that's family entertainment to use the Lord's name in vain. And I think somewhat of it too, on top of what you said, just kind of as a consequence of I think faith is something that's been very sidelined in our society. I mean, it's just kind of a small aspect of life, and when that's the case, you know, it's be, it's easy to make these kind of things like a byword rather than something that's transformative to our lives. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that Christians widely resist using God's name in such a crude way? Do you think Christians would never dare to talk in such a way? It's a mixed bag. I mean, I, I hear people who are believers or profess to be believers, um, and some, I mean, I genuinely think they are. Others, they may just be professing, um, but, you know, who would misuse the Lord's name? And others, you know, would be very opposed to it and, and take issue with it, say something to someone. So I couldn't give you percentages, though, just anecdotal evidence. Yeah, it's 48.7%. I don't know. <laughs> anecdotal. Yeah, I, I would just say I agree anecdotally. I mean, I know that uh, some men and women that I have no doubt are more spiritually mature than I do regularly do this, you know, and this, is, so this is not even like just the, you know, somebody who was saved yesterday is going to use the Lord's name in vain. I, I think that among many Christians, uh, I, I suspect maybe more so up north where I'm at than down where mm-hmm. you're at. I mean, it's just not a big deal. It's it's just not not a thing. It's not. It's just how you talk, um, and I think part of that again is just our culture has really catechized us from a young age into treating this as like this is no biggie. It's just kind of a way to talk. And so on the further, I think we also, like you, I mentioned, I think we lack an emphasis on holiness. So there's going to be other Christians, you know, that, that they just see God's name as as such a casual throwaway thing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It is a shame that we don't say Godspeed more, though, if we're going to be, you know, use God's name more. Uh, that's such a great yeah. term to say. Godspeed. We'll go with God. <laughs> anyway, so, now, why do we so seldom talk about this kind of issue, Ben? Because maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'm not aware of a ton of Christian books, for example, on this topic or a lot of sermons on this topic. Why do you think we talk about this so little? I think there could be multiple reasons. Um, I mean, the phrase, take the, the Lord's name in vain, it appears in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, and something very similar is in Leviticus. Now, in my experience in the church, neither one of those books are widely preached on no. very often. Uh, the Ten Commandments, you, you know, may appear more, um, but, and the popular teaching that I've heard almost always restricts taking the name, the, the Lord's name in vain into that expression. Um I think that there may be more to it than that, but uh, there are other references that are in the Pentateuch, the Torah, whatever, the first five books about not profaning Yahweh's name. But again, I mean, there's not, you don't hear a lot of sermons from Leviticus and Numbers, dude. I mean, maybe Genesis is, you know, of the, the five, that's the most popular, but it's just not a place that we go as much. And so as a result, we're not exposed to it. Yeah. So, well, and I, I think further, I mean, I think our theology of, of improper language is mostly boils down to, you know, don't be a potty mouth, uh, which is just really uh, oversimplification. I mean, I've even heard people take, you know, the passages where James talks about using the tongue, which really is, I think, more about exhortation versus gossip. And we have a tendency to, you know, make, I mean, the, the only wrong ways of speaking, of speaking is just when you use, you know, dirty talk uh, that these kind of, 
these handful of words that you're not supposed to use uh, in you know good conservative comfortable Christianity you know <laughs> and uh, and that's kind of a lackluster theology of language uh, mm-hmm. and I I think we wrongly also can regard this as legalism I I know that I know of Christians that have kind of reacted to this kind of stuff and they see it as you know it's legalistic to tell me how I can speak how I can use that at words of God uh, which I think is a wrong really unbiblical view of what legalism is we've really distorted that idea for a long time would you agree with that i think that we have so now what does the bible say about using the lord's name in vain and i suspect you're going to be borrowing from some of the books that we ignore right ben i mean that that's yeah you you hear about it in those books but i think it is it's important um you know interestingly i had to uh, I did a class on the book of Exodus in uh, seminary, and we had to take one verse in the section we were covering and write a paper. Now, it was a short paper. It was like three pages, but he wanted us to be very to the point. He gave us some very specific parameters, and uh, I chose this command. And the paper I, was not, like, awesome. I, I just – life circumstances of it, just time, you know, and so I did not get a fantastic grade on it. But part of the reason I got a bad grade was because the grader had written an essay in a book that was published, um, and the the editor of the book is – I used her article, but his – this grader's uh, – he was a PhD student. He had his, – his article appeared as the very next one, and the whole book was about like – stuff with the Lord's name. And I was like, what are the chances that I would get a grader who's written in this? And so anyway, he kind of took me to rip me to shreds on it. Um, But I mean, the Bible says, don't do it. Don't take the name of the Lord, your God in vain. Uh, He he won't hold you guiltless. He he will punish for it. Um, And that, I mean, this, the heftiness of that makes it sound like it's more than speech that's involved in it. Literally it talks about uh, not bearing the name uh of the lord you know in in vanity um it's that word is used uh elsewhere about the priest bearing the name of israelites uh or the of the tribes as they go before the lord and so there's something to it about you know bearing his name sullying his reputation and, and maybe even connecting god's name to things that are sinful and so um I think it, it it encompasses yeah don't use uh, don't refer to God just in a throwaway manner but also connecting him uh, to things that are profane God is he is uh, absolutely holy 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 and, and the things that that relate to him become holy and so to put him with something and treat him without weight and glory uh, mm. is just you know it's it's not it's not right. That's good. That's a good point. So, yeah, I would add, you know, just to kind of jump it out of the out of the Pentateuch a little bit. You know, I think there's so many great Pentateuch verses, but this is not just a Pentateuch issue. I mean, you can go to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, I tell you in the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak, which includes speaking using the Lord's name in vain, but would not be exclusively that. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned, which that that second to last part of that is uh, a whole cup, uh, a whole uh, thing to go into. But uh, the Bible is not teaching works justification. But I mean, Jesus takes us seriously. Uh, and then in the Psalms, Psalm one thirty nine twenty, 
They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Uh, that So I think there's several passages. I mean, these are just speaking a few. Again, like there's a bunch in Leviticus and Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy that take this seriously, as we should. Mm-hmm. And just because we can eat clam, or in my case, lobster, doesn't mean <laughs> that we should ignore all that. Right. By the way, uh, fan note that I was able to have my first lobster roll in Maine uh, with my dad last week, so that was pretty exciting. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed it, but I try not to use the Lord's name in vain while I enjoyed it. So. It's good. Some lobster and some butter. <laughs> exactly. Now, what are the big theological issues with callously using God's name in this kind of way? Well, it's a God who, now I'm going to quote from Psalm 138 too, and if you compare major translations, they do differ a little bit on this, and I looked at it, uh, and it's a little tricky to translate, but um, he's a God who's exalted his name and his word above all things. So his name, his reputation, his the weight of who he is, and so that's who we're dealing with. And so uh, his reputation, his glory are what we're supposed to seek in all things, even in things as mundane as eating and drinking um, or whatever we do. And so that should give us pause. Like you, you mentioned the Sermon on the Mount and giving account for every idle word. And, and sometimes sometimes it is used more as an, expl- you know, an expletive. Sometimes it's more as a filler. Um, and I think those two are different. One is like anger. The other is you couldn't think of anything else better yeah. to say. And I mean, sometimes you hear people praying like that and they're just like kind of spilling out random names of God over and over. And I think it's just better to just, just take a pause or take a breath, you know? Um, and I think it's meant to be reverent, but do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah. Um, but I, not to say that this is the unforgivable sin. I don't think it is. However, it, kind of on the same wavelength, you know, I understand the unforgivable sin to be assigning to Satan what ultimately is the work of God. Yeah. Um, and so, and then that's a dangerous thing. Well, so the reverse of this is, is taking uh, what is holy and then putting it with something that is not. Put and not just what is holy, but the one who is. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, I mean, that should make us tremble to do that with our words. Yeah, no, I would agree with you on that. I I definitely agree with you. The holiness of God is an essential aspect. One other thing I thought about, you know, just even yesterday as I was kind of re-looking at this, as I think that it, uh, it plays into God's imminence as well. You know, that God is not just, I mean, he, I mean, he's not the deist God. He is a God with a name. And because he's a God with a name, we are to regard that name seriously. Uh, so I, it should both be God's uh, eminence and God's holiness together and understanding why we need to take his name very, very seriously and not throw it around in the kind of way that we do or use it as uh, an expression of anger. So, yeah. Now, should Christians avoid kids' movies or home renovation shows that use the Lord's name in vain? Uh, one I know could argue to avoid renovation shows because they're just they're basically the exact same thing on repeat. But regardless of that, should Christian as Christians avoid these kind of things? Um, perhaps I mean it's worth considering. Uh, or could you skip it? Uh, you know, I think I mean in a lot of ways I've become 
desensitized to hearing it. It's not something I do myself, but I'm used to hearing it, especially on a screen. Um, you know, I don't want my kids being exposed or overly exposed to that kind of thing. Um, I guess to come in some ways it can be a wisdom call on, on what will you allow to, to pass into your mind and heart and what will you allow for your kids? So I, I guess it comes down to a conscience decision, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, so I, I agree with you strongly as a conscience decision. Uh, I just think that uh, if you you know if you avoid media for other reasons, I, I think you should ask serious questions of whether or not uh, you should avoid media for this reason, if that makes sense. Because I think we can be really inconsistent. Uh, like, mm -hmm. for example, we we both know that we both uh, believe that homosexuality is sinful. But, you know, if mm -hmm. you're avoiding the Disney kids movie uh, that has the gay couple in it, but you're not even thinking about it. And I'm not saying that you don't ha have to avoid that it's wrong to avoid one and not avoid the other. But you're not even thinking about the Disney Kids movie that uses the Lord's name in vain. I, I just take time to think about that and think about that communicates on our theology and, and how consistent we're being. So, uh, you know. So. Yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, I think that we can't escape the world is one aspect of this. Uh, and so personally, I would not be as bothered by, I, I mean, I wish that we could be in a situation where I, in some ways, could be more bothered by my kids watching this kind of stuff where I can make that bold stand. Uh, but I think the reality, I mean, my kids are public schooled and we, I mean, is this, is this around us? I mean, this is how people speak. I mean, in New England, it's probably worse. <laughs> I mean, it's stereotypically worse at least. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and so, you know, maybe that's not something where we can kind of get out of it. Uh, but I would say regardless, I think it's wise to talk about this, talk about the language used, even by beloved kids characters or, you know, people that are trying to buy their million dollar home, um, house hunters, uh, Talk about it before or after you watch the show. How can parents teach their children to better respect God's name? How we personally fear the Lord. I mean, we should do so ardently and joyfully fear him uh, from the heart. And don't misuse his name ourselves. Don't allow it in our home. I know you you want to ask about that later, like specifically, but um, it's not something that we're just going to make as a, a habit in our own home. And yeah, I mean, I don't really know that I have anything better than that, but that, that we are trying to be a home uh, where the Lord is feared and honored, not this cold, distant God, but that he is holy. And like you said, he, he's eminent and uh, he is a person. He's not just an idea. Yeah. So I, I would add practically to that, you know, I, I would ask our kids how they would feel if their name was used in this kind of way, because I think that's going to hit home with kids. I mean, it hit home with you earlier, <laughs> but yeah. uh, the, and legitimately, I think it gives them something to think about. And, and I think just consistently, we need to show them that the language that you use, how we talk, the words, the choices that we make matter profoundly. They're, they're not of no consequence. They matter profoundly and always. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how can next generation's ministries communicate the importance of awe in God's holy and glorious name? Well, again, I don't think we want to allow misuse. Um, and, and to have an awe of God generally from you know what we, how we teach and preach, uh, the way that we pray, the songs that we sing, 
and not that it needs to sound like something from the 16th century or the 17th century, and you know, the Puritans or something like that. Um, I mean, you can have awe and, and reverence for God the way you sing, even in modern songs, but just that there is a healthy uh, remembrance of, of God's holiness and uh, just emphasizing that holiness in the way that we approach him and, and trying to be flippant about that. Uh, you know, the casualness that we talked about earlier, I mean, that could be even more prominent in youth culture. And so uh, help, even maybe helping the kids to, if they're going to be publicly praying, helping them in that. Again, not that it has to sound like, yeah. you know, some some flowery thing or praying in King James, but just emphasizing that. And I think there's some spillover into the other areas of it and, and just, and even teaching directly on it um, because it's something that they're going to be hearing, like you said, especially in public school or depending on the region of, of the country and, and helping them to, to think in those terms. Yeah. I, I wouldn't add to this. I mean, I think actually this does go as bring us to, <laughs> The, uh, the Pentateuch, the first uh, books of the Bible. And I think that, you know, it's wise to navigate this in part by we need to teach in books like Leviticus, books like Exodus, and that talk about these kind of things. But not just because they talk directly on these things, but because uh, I think we're going to be rightly teaching our deserved separation from God and God's, God's profound holiness. And I think with that, we can teach that God's name is meant to show his eminence towards us. But then how should we react? How should we respond, rather, when a child or a teen uses God's name in vain, whether it be in the household or whether it be in youth group? Or if maybe they're, maybe they're an actor on TV and they're using it in vain on a Disney kids show. I don't know. It's going to depend on who, where. I mean, you could throw out the questions, you know, who, when, where, why, uh, all those kinds of things. Uh, a kid in your own home, depending on their age, it's the first time you ever heard them say it, and you're like, hmm, where did you hear that? Um, we're not going to talk that way. Whereas if, someone, if it's it's an ongoing issue, then that changes the circumstances. Maybe there's a, maybe a firmer response or there's consequences attached with it. Um, you're in a church setting, you know, some lost kid shows up and he's, you know, got a beer shirt on or something. And he says it like, you know, I think there's a measure of grace that you give. And, uh, the biggest problem is not the beer shirt, it's his heart. Um, so yeah, I think context is going to matter a lot there, but that, you know, you have a sense of hum humility towards them, but also helping them see, um, that this is not something that we're going to do. So it's not something we do here. Do it in love. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And this, I mean, this hit home to me a little bit because, I mean, I know that I was the, I was that teen in a lot of ways. You know, I was led to the Lord in high school and I, you know, I came into youth group and I was told later that some people were not thrilled with the language that I used. And, uh, and I, I think that I was grateful that I had some leaders, some adults that kind of shepherded me through uh, by dressing the main things and kind of painting a big, bigger picture of holiness and sanctification rather than kind of focusing 
on, on just the manifestations of the problem at Denway's, if that makes sense. So uh, Ben looks like you're and you're enjoying this, entertained by this. <laughs> I can I can imagine that. No, I, I was thinking of the story I heard about. I don't know who the singer was, but it's some pretty well known Christian singer who came to Christ um, maybe in late teens or early twenties, kind of thing, out of a pretty rough background, and was at some Pentecostal church. And anyway, the elders invited him to come pray with them before the service and uh they were going to pray to bind satan and so anyway uh and to curse satan and so they're praying and then they got to him they said okay brother you you pray and so he's like well i mean i know how to curse satan boy and so he was he was letting satan have it kind of like martin luther or something and uh anyway he was you know i don't know that he was misusing the lord's name but he was throwing in a lot of profanity and uh some older guy put his hand on his shoulder and he said, brother, we don't curse him like that. And, uh, but just the gentleness in the response and not like, what is wrong with you? You heal. Um, and so that, that's just going to go a lot further in getting the results that were, that the person needs to have in their life. But for our kids, you know, I do think that if we've taught them the truth, you know, patiently, and again, not nearly the first time, but I do think this is worth discipline for our kids. Again, because I think we need to yeah. treat this as this, even though, again, this is not, you know, going to separate us from God eternally uh, after we've trusted in Christ, uh, but it is sin. I mean, to be explicit, it, it is sin, and we need to take sin seriously in our household. Oh, I agree with you. How can we train our minds to not use these kinds of things like the Lord's name in vain as filler words? I think it's similar to using filthy language. Uh, I mean, I I know people who have been converted, and that was a regular part of the vocabulary beforehand, and they did, by grace, clean up the the way that they spoke. And I mean, Scripture does talk to us about um, not speaking coarsely. And so, I mean, what all that touches on, I mean, that's varies maybe from culture to culture um it's not just like there's this list of words in the back of your bible that you know you can't say these um like the the, no idle words and that kind of thing it's a broader in in its scope but uh i think first i mean you want to pray for the lord's help and to try to become aware of when you're doing it i think some people especially the filler part they just say it without thinking about it um I mean, I know of someone that routinely would answer or they would respond to a comment someone was making with a contradiction to what they were saying. And, you know, then going from there and then, you know, if it was pointed out, it's like, no, I didn't say that. Uh, you know, and then multiple people say, no, you, you did. Uh, it just it just came out. Um, but also to, to work on teaching yourself something else to say, like actively think, OK, uh, I'm going to, if, if I'm surprised or if I'm, whatever it may be, I'm going to say, wow, or come up with something, you yeah. know, um, as something you're, you're prepared for when it happens. And uh, also maybe work on training yourself to be quiet if you don't have something edifying to say. Um, all of us, I mean, even the, the more reserved among us sometimes open our mouths when we shouldn't. And so I think thinking along those terms would be helpful. But, I mean, I'm sure there's there's more uh, that could be. What would you say? Yeah, so I, I suspect that a lot of people that struggle with this really don't give much thought to it when they do. And I think when you don't give much thought, I think one of the best ways that we fight through this 
is going to be, I would encourage asking, you know, if your brother and sister in the Lord that struggles with this or your kid does, I mean, arrange for people that are close to that will help watching a language, you know, and I think that's going to, you're going to start thinking through it when, when you know that somebody you love is going to tell and that ask, hey, you know, this probably isn't helpful now, you know, that you, did you notice they use God's name in this way this time? Uh, and I think that's going to help us really think through these things and take our language more seriously. I mean, I would just add, I mean, what you said is, is wonderful. And I think it really builds off of this verse, uh, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, uh, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so I think, like you said, I mean, really dwelling on that which is good is going to help in this as well. Now, do you think a lack of concern about using God's name in vain may express deeper issues, deeper errors at all? I think it could, for sure. Uh, it could mean that you have a low view of God and his holiness. Um, you Maybe you're like, eh, it's not that big of a deal, showing that you don't see sin as that big of an issue. Um could reflect biblical illiteracy. You don't know what God has said, and so it's hard to trust and obey things that you don't know. Um, it could be that you're just bored with God. And you're like, eh, it's just, again, it kind of relates to the casualness, but or you've just sort of failed to take in um, how good and how glorious he is. It's related to seeing his holiness. But th- those are the things that initially come to mind. I mean, what else would you add there? Yeah, so I remember, I'm trying to remind, remember all the context of this. Okay, so there's a college sports event I remember seeing years ago, and one of the commentators, I mean, it was like a low-level thing. I, I think back when we were in seminary, we had like Big Ten TV, and somebody made a joke about the Queen, and there was a British woman that was being interviewed, uh, that was interviewed slightly later, uh, and I don't remember why, but uh, she made, she was like quite upset that somebody would make a joke about the queen, that the queen would be disrespected. And she did that, which I think is a little ridiculous, but whatever. I'm proud to be in American <laughs> ways. Uh, but she did that, I think, because she had honor for the queen. And so, you know, to ever show disrespect or dishonor was something that offended her. Uh, and if we have that kind of reaction to God, uh, I think that that shows that if we lack that, even it shows a lack of honor and respect in the same way the woman probably shouldn't have had that level of respect for the, the queen, whatever. So, uh, God save the queen. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, I think further, I, I think this can reflect other deeper errors. Uh, for example, in consumeristic religion, as has been characterized by a lot of modern Christianity, we kind of lack the reverence of really bowing. You know, I think so much of Americanized Christianity is, you know, God is the co-pilot and, you know, and it's about our experience. And so we don't, we're bothered by the idea of this kind of subservience and this bowing down that's, that comes through respecting his holy name. Uh, and I think uh, this more clearly than and most other things, uh, this shows ourselves as servants when we use his names properly, uh, rather than just, you know, kind of having the buddy Jesus. Yeah. And uh, now, how might becoming more worshipful of God's name make us more careful when we use God's name, Ben? Well, I think meditating on it, um, what it means for God to be God, and, you know, all that's attached with 
the name of God. Like, I mean, it involves his reputation. Anyway, meditating on that, uh, becoming, trying and asking that you would become more aware of his presence with you, uh, his promises to you, just his word generally, that's going to lend towards calling on his name in prayer uh, without ceasing, as we're told to do. It's just that you're kind of walking, communing with God. Even this is not always direct engagement with God, and that you you literally never do anything but pray, but that you just you're living a God oriented life moment to moment. And and I fail at this, um, but but seeking after that uh, is going to help you not use God's name if if you're caught up with Him you're less likely to use his name as an expletive or just as filler. Yeah, yeah that's good. I mean, I, I, I get similar words to you, but I, I think we are more careful in general with what we properly respect. Uh, and the, I think the name of Jesus uh, sounds more sweet to us uh, when we're careful with it. And, uh, and, and as the name of Jesus sounds sweet to us, uh, we're not going to use it sourly. We're not going to associate the name of Jesus to something sour, you know, something like our, our instantaneous reaction to our anger and that kind of way. I mean, even, I mean, there's all the hymn, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ears. Uh, and I think a proper view of Jesus is going to, and an engulfment in the gospel is going to help us not have any desire to use it in such a way because again his name is now just entirely sweet to us and we don't want to take what is sweet and use it in such a lacking of sweet way it's such a not sweet usage yeah definitely now should our children correct their lost friends all the time on this issue should they be you know really diligent to make sure every time that uh, somebody uses the lord's name at school that they get yelled at <laughs> I'm going to say probably not on that one. Um, I do think, you know, occasionally it might be helpful, uh, but more of a, hey, please, please don't do this. Um, I mean, generally, but around me, I mean, and not just like, oh, I can't tolerate to hear that. But depending on the level of friendship, too, that's going to determine some things. But, uh, you know, saying something like God is really holy and he's really important and really, really good. Just please don't use his name like that um you know it may invite some some opportunity for com further conversation you may get laughed at uh but yeah. certainly I, I don't think that, that you should try to be the you know, have like a buzzer and uh that that's just going to sort of incite people to anger that's good i i think that's a good place to end this discussion ben so uh, i will just kind of end it by uh telling you know you as well as the listeners go with god amen Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.